All right, man. Y'all already know I had to say something. Uh, your boy. Just tell us this a societal podcast. Back into the podcast. And Lord knows I wish I didn't have to do this, man. I really, really wish I didn't have to do this, dude. Just. Probably one of the more abysmal second halves I've seen for a team. And, um. I don't know. As far as the basketball teams, I, I really don't know, man. I, re- I really don't know. It's going to be a lot of a lot of trolling and shit and, and shit talking and all that. And I mean, that's to be expecting to have a collapse like this. But I, I really want to get to the meat of this on a basketball tip. You know, I'm not about the trolling. I'm not about the narratives. not about that shit. There's three players I think that should be talked about when I'm talking about how fucking terrible this game ended up being. And I, I'll do an honorable mention, or not, not really an honorable mention, but just a side note. This was a this was not a good overall Atlanta game. Trey was largely bad at scoring the rock. He was fantastic at you know passing the ball out to the right people. He ended up plus seven. But as far as scoring went, this was another bad Trey game at that. Started 0-4, finished eight of twenty-six. Um didn't even get that many free throws. It's clear that the change in ideology for that has apparently shifted ASAP because he didn't get a lot of the shots he likes to get. And obviously in beating a lot of shots he was um but I mean as far as free throw numbers told in total, they both finished with twenty one. Uh Philly only missed two more than uh than those guys at a fifteen uh completion rate. And yeah, I mean John Collins looked up until those dunks kinda energized him. Looked not great, but once those kind of got him going, he was stuffing uh, Harris's shit, uh, you know, affecting MB, making him drive to the, the uh, three-point line. Uh, looked like close to a max player, I would say. He still has some some low lights, but six of 15 doesn't really give him justice what he did in the second half. Also got 12 rebounds. Uh, Capella, with the way the officiating worked tonight, he was able to really be a positive. Finished negative 15, but he was able to fuck with him, be mentally and physically. Um, listen, I'll say that I think maybe overcorrected. MB was fucking despicable in terms of the foul hunting. Um, not maybe even worse than Trey Young tonight. Maybe I'm not not sure about that, but maybe. Um, Matter of fact, that's that's the first. I'll say that's the first player for why this game ended up being like it was. The uh, the refereeing. I think if you're going to have a grandstanding change in 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 just the way you officiate the game of basketball, it can't happen in one night. If you look at this game, it was just fucking Janice Griffin deep throwing a fucking whistle. That's how much the whistle's being spoiled tonight. Travels not being, and I'm 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 a Philly supporter in this. Travels were not being caught on Philly. Uh, fucking Atlanta guys like flopping to exaggerate push-offs. Uh, Joel like getting stone faced by like, two dudes. Fucking um, no no calling that. And then you have Trey like, I mean it shouldn't be called, but you again it's kind of hard to make a wide scale change in one night. Some of what was actual like touches 
on him while shooting the ball were not called. The, towards the end, a very pivotal call. Joel contested. I think he like hit Trey on top of the head. Trey fell down. Was grabbing his face, so he clearly was exaggerating for contact a little bit because it wasn't where he got hit. But that was a late call. I mean, it's just it's just clear that they didn't have a concise and consistent image of how they wanted to call this game whatsoever. It was so up and down throughout. I wouldn't say that it was a reason Philly couldn't win, but I do think it's something that had a factor in them not winning. Uh, the second, really, these are the two big ones. The second one, I think, really is pertaining to the third one, and it's Doc Rivers' uh, really, really poor fourth quarter. And I would say it, it was bad because it ignored the other three quarters. You have a Joel who, you know, finished, I think, four of eight in the first half. It looked spry, was making some turnaround Jays, getting to the line without having to exaggerate too much, was absorbing rebounds, uh, looked good on defense, could actually jump. Uh, I forgot the first time he went to the locker room, but I know he's making shots after that. But after a while, I think he took a, a hard spill. And I think that hard spill came because he, like, actually was trying to exaggerate contact. But don't hold me on that. But either way, he took some blows uh, towards the back half of the first half and the beginning of the second half, and it clearly just kind of coalesced. He looked unable to really jump much. Uh, was kind of getting off, like, as far as guys missing layups at the rim because they expected him to be able to jump more. He, like, wasn't, but that reputation kind of just had some guys blow layups. Uh, they had a couple of decent rotations towards the end of the game where they kind of needed, but... This guy was usually open from three. I mean, it's just... And he just rolled him out. Doc just rolled him out on defense and offense. I think it was like four straight possessions where the ball... Um, where the player was drawn up to get the ball to Joel. And he would just either get like stonewalled, uh, lose the possession. They had quite a few like just losing the ball. The double would come over. He just like would... Just like the ball get ripped out of his hands. Um... Uh, or like a, there was one. It was like a three pointer. He like missed. He missed one really bad in that stretch of like missed missed shots and bad possessions. But he went one of four overall from three. I mean, if you can't even fucking like put anything under a layup or what I guess would be considered a bunny for a center at the rim, you can't be fucking like shooting threes without your legs under you. It's. I was, I, and I had this often with LeBron. So I used to be a kind of a LeBron fan. I used to watch a lot of games for him. And I would, like, ask myself at a certain point, why is LeBron bailing out the defense with shitty pull-up threes? Or, like, shitty drawn-up possessions that end up in threes? And people always say it's because it's LeBron's innate load management on the court. Like, those bad possessions where pretty much nothing happens all possessions. He just throws up a fucking three that... That's almost a 0% chance of going in. Those are his form of taking a breath or just ra- just resting when it's needed because he can't come off the court. If you want to theorize what, that's what Joel was doing, then fine. But the, the fact of the matter is, as a perimeter player, you can kind of get away with that because you can usually affect the, the game in another way. Joel, other than rebounds, which were very important, Joel did not. He, he, he didn't. He didn't affect the game in a positive way on offense. He was not a threat from the three-point line. He did not get his usual, like, 
face-up touches, at least in a successful manner, and he was getting beat by the double. The double was beating his ass the longer that game progressed. It was just like, to me, like, Doc, if you are a potential finals contending coach, Dwight was negative 13, but he looked good on offense. He got 10 rebounds himself. Um, He had a couple of bullshit fouls go against him, but he looked good. He was making shots. He was a good lob threat. He was everything that Joel wasn't tonight. Fried Joel out for more than 12 minutes. This is the fucking fact of the matter is, that fucking knee of his is a ticking time bomb regardless of how he performs on it. So it's like, you're riding now a guy with one good leg for 36 fucking minutes. How about you give Joel, I mean, Dwight at least like 15. Give Joel like 13, 33. Especially when you up big, ride out Dwight or, or here's a fucking novelty concept. You had the Simmons at the five lineup that had success use the Sims at the fucking five lineup a little bit more. Simmons is a healthy body. Capella, like, is a lob threat, but I would say that you kind of have Simmons just play the lob more than play Trey in those pick and roll situations. And usually you have Matisse come out and match Trey's second unit minutes, so you just have, you know, those two in the PNR. I guess he's a double drag screen. But the point is, like, for the most part, you can survive with a Sims of the five lineup. I'm I don't I watched pretty much the entire second half and parts of the first half. I don't think I've seen the Sims of the Five lineup the entire game. It it's just it's just fucking mind blowing. And uh, Tobias, you know, finished eight of fifteen. A negative eight plus uh minus doesn't really display how incompetent he was in the second half. I mean he did have a smart double at the end. They kind of gave him a second chance to win the game. Um, but he was getting the shit stuffed by Collins, getting outplayed by Collins, uh, you know, trying to play the next man over and kind of like helping off like legit shooters. I mean, his, his problems weren't like necessarily limited to just him, but he clearly was like not good. I mean, missing bunnies, missing shots he usually makes from the mid range. This is not a good Tobias game. But the thing with Tobias is him as a shooter is going to draw innate value. Um, I don't think he had a great game, but, you know, he... I see why you leave him out there. I don't see why you left Joel out there. I think Doc fucked up massively leaving him out there. Uh, Kirk Moss was a a game low, negative 13 plus or minus. Uh, He gives up a lot in size. Bogey, when he wasn't, like... He kind of got out of it mentally, I feel like, towards the end of that game. But when he was in it mentally, I mean, he could just get his shot over um, Furkan and could get past him. Uh, Trey kind of bailed Furkan out towards the end of the game, but he could do the same if he wanted to. Querter, I mean, Furkan was just getting picked out in that game. He is, I, I think you have to almost say put Matisse as the starter in the next game. I, I mean, his spacing is invaluable. And, you know, it's just so many, so few three points get put up. So it's kind of, you got to have somebody can put the bitches up. But, I mean, he is just like, if you look at his entire lineup, he's probably the worst defender, like, by spades uh, on defense. I don't know how you get around it. Because, I mean, it's just, Huerta is like sit sits. Uh, I think Bogey's probably sit seven ish, something like that. 
Let me see. Pulling up right now. Sis, sis. Yeah, so, I mean, they're both, you know, they got some, some size on them, probably a couple inches or so. They got some weight on them, too. He just looks more on the court as a, as a two-guard. Um... Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, you can ride him out if you want to. Him and Matisse are basically quasi starters. Almost got the same amount of minutes. But when I looked at when I looked at that lineup, I kind of think to myself, you might want to just ride. You might want to ride Matisse out. But I'll, I'll take the second to kind of give Danny some credit. A lot of things systematically looked worse with Danny out on there without him being on the court. Just certainly looks like the run did not look as clean without him. Even some of the off-ball picks, uh, such as the last game, which was a very hurried mess, the last play. But Furcon tried to run a back pick. Uh, Shake did not look his way initially, but I think kind of threw Furcon off, kind of abandoned the pick a little bit. But um, not a back pick, but just an off-ball pick. And not getting the pick kind of allowed. Like, Furcon basically ran back towards the ball. So it allowed for his man to come up to Seth. And it's just a double clutch because he had basically two people on his kind of expected one. I don't think he would have made a shot regardless, but it's just something to keep in mind as far as the system being ran. I think Danny was legitimately, like, probably the worst player on the team in some of those games, the series. But I would kind of contend that he's somebody that had his presence uh, felt by not being there tonight. And I just think that Doc Doc just really just threw around threw threw away a perfect winnable game. I mean, efficient inside, Joel's health aside, Ben, you know, having a I think a pretty bad offensive game, but I mean like not especially bad, just kinda like, you know, what did you kinda do in in that game that really felt like it was you know, I mean you just not assist, but it's like how many of those are like in the flow of a real play? Or how many is just dribble handoffs that is like Seth could hit those, but it's like the difficulty of Seth's average shot is like way harder than it should be because the dribble handoff just results in whoever Ben's guy is helping off a little bit. So it's just a pull up midi or it's a three pointer that's moving off the dribble. Like it's the shots you get with those dribble handoffs when it comes to Ben Sims is so fucked because he doesn't drive, he doesn't like drive off the dribble handoff usually either. Occasionally he will. When it's like aggressive, good Ben game, but usually it's just he just stands there and it's like, okay, well, thank you, Ben, thank you for that. Um, fucking, I, I would say here's me, and I know people want to play the coach, whatever. Here's me, I say you go, Seth, Furcon. Uh, that, that really does hurt because you know the, the defensive aspect. Seth Furcon, Matisse, Tobias, Ben. That would be my closing lineup. Just based on what I was seeing on the court. I know Capella was having some, some good alley-oop threats. He was getting some really good paint pressure. But the thing is, like, I'm pretty much suggesting you play for, like, in essence, like, five out. Because Ben, whatever he does in the court doesn't really matter, like, if you do that, you're doing it with like the idea that Ben's gonna be standing at the fucking dunker spot all game anyway, and you're just looking to get shots up. That's kind of what I wanted to do, um, but fuck it, you know what can you say? Move on to the the fucking the guest of the hour, dude, Joel Embiid. Just one of the worst. Let me get some water, dude. 
fucking Hydra Flask. One of the worst games I've ever seen a superstar play. Second half, I should say. Just whenever he came back from the locker room and, and took that fall and, you know, I, I think I think at first it was the officiating that got to him mentally and him, like, foul-seeking and wasn't there. But coming out of that that um, late third quarter break, coming to the fourth quarter, dude, he was, at this point, you should, like, at least be cognizant that it's not going to be called the way you want it to be. And he was just bitching, moaning. I, I, yeah, I love the Willem I don't. I would never, like, say this to an athlete, like, to be derogatory. It's just a word, right? But just complaining, bemoaning every call, um, like, taking shots that you take. Like, he took a three-point shot. Uh, being at one at three, one for three at this point, I believe. So he's a three-point shot looking for a foul. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You been, you haven't made a shot this entire half. What the fuck are you doing? If he does that shit, bails at the defense in a very, I was like, I think like Philly may have like a one-point lead at this point, maybe. Gets Atlanta back in the game doing that dumb shit. Um, I think Trey kind of gave it back to him another possession later doing the same stupid shit, but like. It's just like, why the fuck are you taking these shots in such a bad situation? You guys are tentatively holding on to a lead for the better part of an entire half, and you're taking the dumbest fucking shots in the world. Your, your legs are fucking tired as fuck. You're taking face-up mid-ranges with, like, with, uh, with a guy shadowing over to help. It's like, pass the ball out. And in part, like, again, this is what was so hard. Like, in part, like, Doc was clearly drawing up plays for Joel to, like, get the ball and do what Joel does. So it's hard for me to be like, hey, Ben, I mean, Joel, just ignore the coach and be like, hey, someone else get this ball instead. Because usually if a player strikes for somebody, it's kind of hard to just add up after that. Like, in the rare times that you come down to the possessions, like, this is a design play, it's kind of hard to just S's out of that on the fly, you know? So I... I, th- I think, honestly, God, and, like, no no competitor does this, I understand, but, like, I think he should just told Doc, I, I can't do it tonight. It, it was actively hurting his team to do what he did. On defense, he wasn't that bad, really. Like, he was, it was just, he was, like, a 40% version of himself. He couldn't get up and contest uh, lobs whatsoever. Uh, he couldn't contest lives for the most part. He kind of tried to come over and do like his signature, signature uh, you know, kind of. I stand like about the mid paint area, and you know his usual get up and go for those chase down blocks is there, um, and it just weren't like he couldn't do that. He tried it. He came late. Like he he mentally was doing things he know he could do, but physically he just couldn't. And I think it's on the superstar, in my opinion. I don't say it's by anybody, not just Joel. If you have a bad LeBron game, you know, when LeBron could have sub out, had some help, you know. If you had a bad, I don't know, a, a bad Harden game or some shit like that. Like, you do have to put on point yourself and be like, I am i don't have it. Let me let my team who, I would say, aside from Joel, the team was doing well for a pretty good stretch in the second half. Like, for about the... I would say about a good chunk of third quarter, Dwight, the Dwight, George Hill, and Shake Milton minutes were, like, productive. Uh, Shake missed a few, but for a good minute he was on. Um, Matisse had a couple of, of uh, shots. You know, he was a defender, very tough, but a couple of those. Tobias was contributing at a certain point in the third quarter, a little bit on offense. Dwight was doing his thing. It's just, like, 
tell Doc I need to sit down. Like, I put that on Joel too to recognize that I don't have it tonight. And that going over 12, laying on the, the court, you know, falling, all that shit, like complaining, telling the crowd to shut the fuck up, which was funny as hell. But like, it just is so. It, to me, it's so ignorant to the moment, right? Like, you. You more than anybody needed to win this game. Honestly, I don't really think that they need to win this game to win this series. But I do think that I say that with the idea that Joel's needs are taking time ball. If it was a healthy Joel, I wouldn't really care if it went to seven. Because I think he would still win with two more home games. But you have a Joel that his fucking knee looks worse than ever now. And it looks like he got exasperated by all the fucking contact that made him land to the ground. Whether you want to say it's contact he drew or contact that the other player drew, whatever. The point of the matter is this guy is clearly unable to do what he was even able to do one game before. And this is after, what, a three-day break? I think it last game on Friday or some shit like that, maybe Saturday. I think it was Friday. You can't you can't look like that after a three-day break. Yeah, that's it for me, dude. That's my takeaways. I... I'm not trying to show in Philadelphia. I think this was a good game for trying to count down. I think it was a good Seth game. I think it was a solid Furcon game. I mean, defensively got fucking shredded, but defensively, defensively solid game for him. A, a, a good game by Dwight. He couldn't step out on the uh, Danilo threes, which from a from like just an ocular perspective, that kind of sucked. I mean, like Danilo didn't have one of his uh, sniper games, but. Like, those looks are going to be there going forward. You can't just, like, not step out. Um, I mean, it shot 40% from three, which is good for Philadelphia. Well, Stephen Bears got 27 threes up, which is, I think, good for Philadelphia. I'm not really sure, but they they lose a three-point attempt numbers by so much, usually. That even 27 feels like it's pretty good. Um, George Hill had a solid game on defense. Uh, got a, a bucket up, a good floater, but you know, it kind of it's it's George Hill like kind of playing more than just be a steady hand in the second unit more than just a score. Uh, so I mean, he does his job. Shake had I would say a solid game, finished negative fifteen. Could have been worse, could have been better. You know, I, for a good minute he was orchestrated the offense once again, but it, it's it's tough with Shake because like he just kind of has a tunnel vision sometimes where. You try to run him with the starter sometimes, and it's just like he can't read the court as a facilitator at all. Doesn't have any kind of secondary playmaking ability whatsoever. But he's had a solid game. Uh, not not one of his better defensive games. Has a couple of dumb fouls, but I think he had a, he had an all right game. I mean, for what's being asked of him, try to be aggressive on offense, which is what you can really want from him. I mean, he was he was open. He shot him. You got you got to have that. I mean, if you make a couple, maybe they respect you and they make it makes things easy for everybody else. Targets only got seven minutes, but he went one on one from outside. Finished plus seven, so that's cool. Uh, yeah, just got to get. I mean, Simmons was 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 that was not great. I mean, had another good defensive day on on Trey for the most part. Kind of got lost more in screens than he usually did. I feel like this was a a. It was a good first like quarter and maybe even first half to some degree for Ben. Kind of not that on the uh, second half tip, but yeah, that's it for me. Hopefully, the next time I do one of these podcasts is because 
Philadelphia is about to win 4-2, and uh, things are going swell. But, boy, they did a bad job of handling that crowd tonight. Shout out to, um, uh, I forgot, State Farm Arena. Shout out to them. I'm out. Peace.